Thanks, Mary. <clears throat> um, I, boy, I, I love this passage, and uh, I, I have like a million different directions that I could go in. Um, so just pre-warning you, it might, it might get messy at times. I'll try and draw us back into the core message, which is all about work. Um, and and I, as I say, there's, there's all sorts of things that can be drawn out uh, from this passage. But we're looking at Jesus. Um, we, I mean, every Sunday we should be, shouldn't we? But we're looking specifically about the life of Jesus, and um, and we've we've seen obviously Christmas uh, is when we celebrate his birth. Then we followed uh, that through. We followed it through to see how people responded to Jesus after his birth. So he's not done anything yet. He's just being who uh, he is, and uh, people responded in amazing ways. So we've looked at that and the meaning of that. And then um, last week, Mary spoke about his childhood, and and um, and so. All these things, this week and last week, uh, we have, because the Bible ends up often being, um, I, I think the thing that we have to look differently about the Bible is that for, for the people who are recording it, they took it as read that um, a lot of the normal stuff that Jesus would have done was just happening. They, none of that was really of note uh, to the writers of the Bible. What they wanted to get down was actually that he was extraordinary. But I think what, what got lost uh, in that, because we only get that highlight reel, is that we can forget that most of his life uh, was quite mundane, really. Uh, uh, most of his childhood was pretty normal, as Mary uh, focused on uh, last week. A lot of, uh, we have a lot in common with Jesus on, in that regard. He had this amazing start with all the miraculous things happening around his birth. But then actually, um, pretty uneventful uh, 25 plus years uh, then leading into his ministry. So we're going to be talking about uh, his work life today. We're going to focus on work. And, um, and we're looking at today's passage because of the fact that actually the Bible doesn't have a lot to say about Jesus' work. It makes a, a few passing comments about him as a carpenter. Um, and also this is slightly out of chronology because actually it doesn't, it doesn't talk about the chronology of his life in that way. But, but we get reference in this passage about Jesus as the carpenter. And this is just an aside and a factoid. But actually, we, we look at Carpenter, but I don't, the, 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 way, the reason we say Carpenter is not because he necessarily was exactly a Carpenter, but there's some, uh, in, in kind of Augustinian time, they, they decided that he was probably a Carpenter. But the actual word for, in Greek, tekton, uh, I think, tekton or tekton, yeah, tekton or tekton, the same words. Anyway, well, a Greek word that sounds like that. Um, it just means a worker, a manual labor, somebody who works with hard materials. And, uh, and so Jesus was that, that's, that's for sure. He wasn't necessarily only making uh, carpentry, and he almost definitely wasn't, I think we've got a little photo uh, um, to come up. He almost definitely looked nothing like this and was doing nothing like that. Um, I, I, don't, I can't remember the painter's name, but, but uh, it looks very Western, very European, and he has uh, bright red hair and uh, <laughs> sparkling white skin, and it looks not very prepared to be doing any work. Everybody else looks to be doing the hard work there. But um, 
That, that image that we have of Jesus as a, um, as a kind of fine skills carpentry, doing lots of amazing joinery, maybe making uh, antique furniture and things, it's not necessarily the truth. He was probably more likely to be working with stones because the trees were in, har- in, in uh, lesser supply in that part of the world. So he's probably more likely on a day-to-day working with stones, um, sweating, doing hard work. And... Um, and where we meet this passage today, the, the primary goal of what, what, why this was recorded in, in, um, in this gospel was, was not necessarily to tell us about his work life, but it's to focus on the offense that his normality actually caused uh, in his ministry. You, you see at the end it talks about, the, it said it, they were offended by him. Yeah, and they took offense at him. So the, the word there, offended, is actually even stronger. And it's, it's, they're more scandalized by his normality. And that really struck me. How, it, because he was so normal, he was one of them, and they, all the rumors were coming out that he was doing all these amazing things, that they were scandalized by the fact that, look at him, he's just one of us. I mean, it says something about how they viewed themselves to be scandalized by the fact that one of them, uh, a, a local, somebody who just does the same trade, they weren't looking down at his trade, by the way, I wouldn't think, because they were all doing the same things. They weren't looking down at his manual labor um, as such, but they were looking down on themselves and, and everything within their community in a way to secre- separate the sacred and the secular. They saw him as a normal guy. And what does a normal guy have to offer the world in, in, by way of healings, by way of uh, challenging the spiritual leaders of the day, by way of, um, Mary had an amazing quote, um, I think she shared it last week, but about him, him being a healer but having no medical uh, training, being being uh, the great king, but having no uh, servants. And I think um, that normality offended the people of his community, the people who knew what his upbringing actually looked like, which was pretty mundane by all accounts. So what does this have to do with work? I think it has to do with work because work is what many of us spend most of our life doing. It might be paid work, it might be unpaid work, you might be retired, it might be that you're at home with children, it might be um, all sorts of different things. You might be um, able to volunteer a lot of your time, but whatever you do with the majority of your time, uh, let's, let's call that work for today's purposes. And so while we're thinking about work, I'd love for us just to chat to your neighbor very briefly. Um, so holding that in mind, holding that in mind, wherever you find yourself on that spectrum, um, I, I want us to now focus on kind of God's view of work. And I suppose uh, there, there's not a huge, um, there's not kind of, often in the Bible you can take these kind of, these um, 
uh, what's the, there's a term for it, but uh, verses that we, we just use to, to make sense of things. Uh, the, the, the Bible doesn't have loads of those about work, but the Bible does have a huge theology of what the meaning of work is and why we do it. And I think it, it, if we want to look anywhere, you can start from the beginning and go right to the end and you see work as a part of what God is calling us to. God works. We think, um, we think of God, we Sabbath because uh, of God modeling that for us. Um, but actually, he was working the other days. God has, has worked and we're meant to, in his image, live that life of work and live that life of rest, um, both in their proper place. Adam and Eve worked. We often think of the, uh, that work as linked to the sin of the garden. But actually, work was in before um, sin. Work, uh, toil and all sorts of hardship uh, came out of the choice that they made to not follow God's way. But before um, that even happened, work was there. Work was there in the garden. So it was God, Adam, and Eve, and there was this picture of work in its perfection. So even before sin, work was there. Jesus worked. That's what we're talking about this morning. Jesus worked, by all accounts, he went home after what Mary talked about last week. Um, he went home, he honored his family, he honored his uh, parents, and he likely just carried on working in quite a normal way. There's no, uh, you know, and, and you can tell from the response that his uh, neighbors had about him uh, being, offending them by his normality that, that he probably wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary in his preparation for his ministry. He was working. He was working in a normal way. So Jesus affirms that work in what he did in, him, in uh, his life on earth. In addition to that, work is, if we're bookending all of, the, all of Scripture and its view on work, work will be in heaven. The, the, the concept of work will carry on in heaven, which I think we should be glad about. Actually, it would be quite but the, the outsider's view, uh, uh, people who have never uh, thought deeply about faith and uh, want to just have a cartoon version of what God's purposes are um, for his creation, would have us sitting on, uh, on um, clouds with harps and just sitting around. Well, that sounds really boring. And that is, by all accounts, not uh, what God has in mind. In the same way that work was at the beginning, but it was completely perfect and would give fulfillment and enjoyment and all the things that come with creativity that goes along with work, work will be a part of our eternal um, life in heaven as well. So that's God's view. I mean, a lot more could be said about that, but I think God affirms work in and of itself. It has intrinsic value. It has intrinsic value. It's not just a means to an end. That was one extreme we looked at. Um, it's not just a means to an end. God wants to value our work and wants to renew it. So, I'm going to move us on to think about what that kingdom value might look like. And I want to start with that, that question that we had. So, we're thinking about um, a necessary evil, just a means to an end on one extreme. And then we're thinking about the other as... A, uh, it's, it's kind of the center of our universe. It's our, where we find our joy, our identity, our sense of self, 
our sense of worth all comes from there. I think, um, as, as you'll probably uh, imagine with either, with extremes, neither are, uh, are the right place to land. And, um, and I think we'll all have a tendency towards um, gravitating towards one side or the other. I think um, God wants to renew whatever our view, wherever we land in that, God wants to renew that view with a kingdom focus. And I want to give a few examples of what that might look like. But um, just to start, I think um, whatever we're doing, wherever, and, and, and perhaps hold in mind what, where you think you are on that, what you, what you chatted to your neighbor about. And wherever that is, um, God wants to renew that view. If, God, uh, if, if your view of work is actually, it is just absolute drudgery, you hate Monday mornings, you hate, um, you just cannot wait to get through it and get to the weekend, God wants to renew that view of that. God wants to bring purpose to that. God doesn't actually want you to live a life of drudgery. I mean, sure, things are hard. Paul talked all about um, how actually ministering and doing God's work uh, was really hard work. But God uh, does not want you to hate uh, your work. Perhaps, though, on the other extreme, and I think this is probably, um, the, the closer we are to London, the more likely uh, this, this, you could fall into this trap. Um, you know, the, the enemy works with extremes, want, wanting to distort all the goodness in God's, um, God's creation. And God created us to have fulfillment in our work. But actually, it is not our overall meaning and purpose and identity is not or should not be found in our work, whatever it might be. And so, um, but I think the closer we are to London, the more likely we could fall into that trap of thinking, okay, because um, you're being pushed really hard to work really hard in different industries. And it can be so easy to fall into that trap that your identity is wrapped up in what you do rather than who you are. And so, um, just an example uh, before I go on, on that, that, um, that piece about being in the world, but not being um, captured by all the world wants uh, you to make, um, that wants to make you like. Um, I, I've got a great friend who... He, um, he's a lawyer, he's a, a, well, he was a junior lawyer in a firm, and um, any, any other lawyers in the house? You're too afraid to, yes, oh, it's a very bashful one, John, you should be proud. Um, oh yeah, and then we've got one David over here as well. So you'll probably know from, uh, from early days uh, in, in being in a law firm that actually the expectation is not nine to five. Um, it is you work above and beyond or else you're going to get kind of pushed out and replaced. And um, the expectation is not that you um, have a, a kind of a, a nice balance in um, the rest of your uh, life and your work life. It's actually you, you kind of, you need to bleed for the company. Um, and so m my friend um, who's a, a Christian, he he really, well actually I think it, he texted me something about it. Um, but he... Um, I almost forgot, where did I put that? Um, he made a choice to reposition himself 
And um, to the point that the, the, the kind of his supervisor hauled him in and said, you're not working the, the, the extra hours, you're not putting in the, the you, you're not going to get your bonus, all these kind of incentives that were pushing him to do uh, even more and more and more. And he just said, actually, I'm, I'm not willing to give up my entire life to this. Uh, I do want to work. I, I love being a lawyer, but this is this is beyond what I'm willing to do. And I have other interests in my life beyond work. And so I asked him. I texted him this morning. I said, um, "What what would you say uh, was the res- was the, uh, what happened because of that stand? That stand not to come in every Sunday when you're being called to, not to um, be there on a Saturday and late into every evening." He said. I think in terms of what triggered the stand, it was probably amongst other, thing, uh, other things, the question of what do I want my legacy to be? The question of is this it? And the scripture about it for me was what, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? In terms of what shifted for me after I took the stand, I think I felt a sense of liberation and a freedom to explore other sides of life that work is supposed to pro- provide for us with the resources to do. So not t- to restrict us from doing, whether that's, for example, spending time with family or friends or committing to serving at church. So, so that's just a small example of somebody who, who has reshaped um, their, you know, they have, uh, the, the, uh, the, the trap was to find their identity in their work and to give everything they had into their work. But he's carried on working in that field, but actually just reprioritized it so that work has its rightful place within his life. So not something that he hates, not just a necessary evil, but also not the thing that's giving him all his identity because he finds his identity actually in Christ. I've lost my place. Um, regular occurrence. Um, so, uh, normality. I think, I think probably all of us can relate to normality. And if you don't think you can relate to normality, then let's chat. You've got another problem. Um, because actually our, our lives on the whole are quite normal. And the thing that struck me most about my trip to Israel, um, it sounds really um, not very profound at all. But the thing that, because everybody, if, if they have the chance to do a pilgrimage to, to Israel, it is an amazing trip. And perhaps we should do one as a church one day. But um, we, the thing that absolutely kind of changed my perspective on who Jesus was, was to be able to see the place where he slept. So in Peter's house, you can go to uh, where Peter lived, and he would have um, been a guest at Peter's house. He would have slept at Peter's house um, at at, uh, various points. And for the first time ever, um, I, I kind of realized that Jesus would have slept lots of days in quite a normal way. Often we look at Jesus sleeping and he was sleeping during the storm and that has a deep theological meaning because he has, um, because he's greater than all that and he doesn't get fussed by all that and that's true as well. But actually every day of those kind of 33 years, he would have slept. 
He would have had to, I mean, it sounds irreverent, but he would have had to use the toilet. He would have eaten food. He would have done all those things endless times, over and over and over again, in quite a mundane way. For me, that blew my mind, that the, the creator of the universe would not just come down in this miraculous way, be born, fast forward into this uh, time of healing ministry and doing all these amazing things, and then um, save the world on the cross, but actually that he would live amongst us as one of us, fully as one of us, in every aspect of the meaning. And that, I think, um, should honor the way that we live our lives. If you feel um, like your life is mundane, then I think God has been there and done that and actually has an answer for it. It doesn't mean you have to go searching after the next big thing or create another thing to do on your bucket list, but God gives meaning to our mundane lives at times. I'm not saying, I'm sorry, I'm not saying you all have mundane lives, but you know what I mean. <laughs> our everyday lives can have meaning and purpose beyond just the money that it can bring in or the, the sense of fulfillment and identity that we can get from our careers. So I'd love for us as a church to kind of take back work and put it in its rightful place, to challenge our sense of uh, how we view work so that we can view it from God's kingdom perspective. I think um, that... That, that view of being scandalized by normality is just, it's, it's slightly ridiculous in a way. But, um, but I think, imagine if we as a community were scandalizing people in our places of work by normality. I think the, the, one of the sadnesses of becoming a vicar is, is if, you're, if you're mean, people get get, you know, are surprised by that. But if you're nice, everybody's like, um, oh, well, you're, you're paid to be a nice person. You're, you, you, or if you talk about Jesus, it's like, oh, well, yeah, of course you're going to tell me about Jesus. It, that, that's your job. Don't you get paid on, on kind of commission, don't you, if somebody comes to faith? Um, but actually, everybody who has a normal job is so well-placed to be able to speak to people about Jesus, be able to live like Jesus, and be able to scandalize them by the way that you act like Jesus. People think, oh, well, you have such an amazing way of dealing with that really nasty customer who comes in and shouts at you. How do you manage that? That's an opportunity for us to say about who gives us our purpose, who is in our hearts that is guiding us to be able to live in that way that's different um, to others. And I think um, we have an amazing opportunity to, within the everyday to be able to cause people to stop and question, what's different? Why are they different? What is it that has changed their lives in a way that's worth knowing about? I think we need to move further and further away from that divide between sacred and secular and putting um, one on a pedestal and the other as uh, something um, that if you're, if you're working in the secular, then you, you only do the sacred in a Sunday morning. 
but actually God's called us to give our whole lives. We've been singing that about that already this morning. Give our whole lives over to him, for him to repurpose them for him, his kingdom. So I'm just going gonna, gonna to finish with, um, with a quote. It's, it's kind of one of those, you know, you sign up for an email um, thread and then it just keeps coming and you forget to, to get rid of it. Well, um, this is one that was, um, has come in week after week after week and then um, I, I've, no, I've not read it for months and months and then uh, I felt called to, to, to read this one and actually it came up with something that I hope is, is a useful quote and it's from, um, it's from Hillsong and they send um, these encouragements weekly um, which is really nice but uh, one of the quotes I took from it is this, and we'll finish, and then I'll, I'll lead us in prayer, but it says this, with God as our source and sustenance, there is nothing meaningless about the mundane. He adds the extra to the ordinary in our lives. He didn't make the world in a week. He makes everything new each week. Sorry, he didn't just make the world in a week. And just for clarification, he makes everything new each week. So that is the vision of God's purpose for doing um, work in and through us in our lives. And I'd love us to respond um, uh, by uh, praying together, and I'll lead us in that now. If, 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 um, but why don't we stand? I think the band will come up and lead us in worship. Is this mic cutting in and out? I'll, I'll use the other one. Um, just holding that idea of where we're at with our work life. And I appreciate that. Um, some of us are called to leave our places of work because actually they're so toxic and we're um, called to move on from there. I appreciate also that some of us are called into full-time ministry and, um, and that might be something that God's stirring uh, within you. But for most of us, Actually, God has put us in a place where he wants to work. He wants to be at work within us, whether that's in the home or whether that's in retirement, whether that's uh, in volunteering things that you do. Wherever he's placed you, he wants to do a work. So let's just hold that perhaps as a sign of giving that afresh to God. We could hold our, our hands out. You don't have to. It's just... Uh, it helps me anyway to feel open to God. All that we have comes from Him and we only can offer it back to Him because we were first given it. <laughs> 